0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless podcast. Or
1: at least you better be.
0: Hello friends, welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies, boy, boy, boy. I'm excited to share with you today's episode because today I'm finally posting the David Williams Men with Cats book release party Q&A that I got to host at the Tatter Cover here in Denver, Colorado. We recorded this on March 3rd, 2016, AOK, AKA 303 Day. Now, I originally met David online through his photo work. Uh, not to mention, we have about 100,000 mutual friends, and I was a big fan of the music video that David directed for my buddies the band Sleeping Weather. And not to mention, a few years back, I had an interview I had done with the Fort Collins band Elway, published in New Noise Magazine number 2, with David's photos accompanying the article. Uh, we quickly became Instagram buddies and occasional Facebook friends, and... Uh, Right around Thanksgiving, I, I finally met David in real life at Mutiny Information Cafe right here in Denver, Colorado. His brother brother's band, Casket, were in town, and they were playing a show. David and his entire family were there in attendance, as they were for this Men with Cats book release party. Um, throughout the course of the night I finally found the courage to introduce myself to David, started talking a little bit about the book and I mentioned that I occasionally host live events and if there was a Men With Cats book release party I could uh, host it and maybe run a pretty cool Q&A well, a couple months later I get this random Facebook message going like hey dude, it's on, let's do it his publisher had set it up at the Tatter Cover and uh, so somehow this random conversation at mutiny ended up with me hosting an event at the world famous tattered cover here in Denver. What? Ah, I'm still like in disbelief that I got to do that, man. Um, it was a fun event. It's nothing like the normal ridiculous live shows that we do at mutiny. Uh, for one, I was sober and not completely wasted. Um, and, and, and for another thing, this is David's show. This is David's ride. I'm just the, the host, the caretaker, and I'm just along for the ride. um, There's a couple things I really wish we'd gotten to do. I really... A a friend of mine later on was like, why did you keep talking about punk rock? And I was like... I had in my head that I wanted to talk about David's roots and how his building blocks and how his acceptance in the world of punk rock helped him find his creativity and a man of passion that he is today and, and that he gets to do what he gets to do. He might not even agree with what I'm saying but that was kind of the idea that I had was we were going to build on this punk rock thing and how that um, acceptance in this community and work and work ethic and DIY can lead to a successful career and that we should uh, push people to do this kind of stuff more now I'm just rambling so we got a little bit of that on there but really it was David's show and he kind of ran it and I I was very 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 fortunate and uh, so stoked to have been along for the ride Uh, hopefully one day in the future maybe next time his next project comes out uh, we'll get to do sit-down, uh, the Damien's version of Mark Marin interview with him someday in the future. And uh, right after this event, Men With Cats topped the Denver's best-selling book charts. It completely sold out that day at Tattercover. They were completely unprepared for the uh, madness that happened. Somebody said that there was about 150 people in attendance. Uh, really, really killer time. And uh, Men With Cats also apparently just uh, listed on the New York Times best-selling list, so I expect nothing but great things from David in his future. Thank you, David, for letting me ab- be a part of this rap. Uh, let's send a shout out to my buddies at uh, Ratio Beerworks for sponsoring this little show and always supplying me with the high quality alcoholic beverages inspired by some of your favorite punk and indie rock bands. Uh, we got a bunch of cool events coming up there. We got Cursive, the Mad Caddies, uh, Red City Radio all doing live Ratio Acoustic sessions. They just released their handwritten ale uh, yesterday with Bud Bronson and uh, they got a ton of cool stuff coming up, so please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com, RacialBeerWorks.com for more information on the uh, live Ratio Sessions video series that I host in the tap room, uh, where you can come hang out and watch some of your favorite bands play their uh, their stripped-down songs. And uh, before we jump back in time to 303 Day in our conversation with David at the Town to Cover, we're going to go ahead and we're going to play a song from the band that helped to make this all happen. Uh, I, again, I got to see Casket play at Mutiny Information Cafe, if it wasn't for that show, I might not have met David. None of this might have happened. Um, so we're gonna listen to a song from the band Casket. Uh, this song is "Friday Night Lightweights" from the record "This Machine Kills Sadness." And let's uh, let's take a little listen, buddies. Let's see, let's see what you think. I want to dance, I want to clap my hands I want to fuck, I want to fight Let's do it all tonight I want to scream, I want to shout I want to get drunk and loud I want to be someone else I want to be someone else My hair
2: is done my makeup too oh, I'm all dolled up Just let me find my shoes oh, I'm out the door Let me hail a cab To my favorite bar Inside my tab
0: And I can't count the times i spend spent it drinking and I know just what the young boys will be thinking Sweet, I can try their best Present
3: Great
4: Good evening, everyone. First of all, I'd like to thank you for coming out to the Tattercover Bookstore and um, supporting your locally owned and independent businesses. So we've got an exciting night tonight. Um, we've got photographer David Williams with us with his new book, Men With Cats. <laughs> and I'm not kidding when I say that's like two of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> Joining David is Damian Burford, who runs the Mostly Harmless podcast. So we will be recording this evening. Um, thanks for coming out. Why don't you help? M- uh, why don't you join me in giving both David and Damian a warm welcome?
2: Uh, hi. Uh, so I, I told this story at the last uh, book talk that I did in Brooklyn, so it's not necessarily true, but the only public speaking uh, that I ever did, w- 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 the, other, the only thing I ever did in front of anyone was a play that I was in in the fourth grade, uh, but I was given the role of the dog, so I never actually had to say anything, <laughs> so I feel like this has all kind of come full circle, because now I'm talking about cats, I guess. Yeah, cats, but not a dog. No, I mean, you were you, you were the dog. I the was play. the dog, in, um yeah, in the play.
0: This podcast is off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys are probably wondering who the Beardo Weirdo is here on stage, hanging out with David. uh, As our wonderful host, Beth, uh, introduced me, I'm Damian Burford. I'm the host of a local punk rock podcast called Mostly Harmless. I mostly interview musicians, comedians, and filmmakers, but I like to interview cool people doing cool things, and David is a super cool person doing super cool things with his book, Men with Cats. Not to mention, he's a uh, Denver native who has gone on to do uh, really great and inspiring things, and I like to tell those people's stories. And he was kind enough to ask me to be a host of this event. Uh, we are recording this for the Mostly Harmless Podcast.com website. Uh, check that out and listen to me uh, make a fool out of myself on a weekly basis. Um, so, David, you've yeah. been in like, you've been all over the world. I, I had an introduction planned, and so I'm trying to edit it together to what we're doing here. Typical. Uh, Damien Fashion. But, you know, so one of the things that's really impressed me about your work is you've been in Juxtapose, Time Out New York, Brooklyn Magazine, Slate, and many, many other other outlets. I- am I missing anything?
2: Uh, yeah, you're you're missing a few when the whole project kind of went viral. I was kind of everywhere. But that's a really good group of, of outlets that I guess I've been on. Yeah. Sure. And you're from here in Denver. Yeah. Or the
0: Denver area. Close yes. enough.
2: Yes, kind of all over Denver. Um. But, but I think we were going to talk about kind of how I like, started doing photography, um, which I didn't really talk about that in Brooklyn, but I think uh, Damien was kind of interested in yeah. talking about it. I kind of want to do that. Yeah, too. I want to hold it. It yeah. feels better. It <laughs> feels more real
0: as I gaze lovingly into your eyes yeah. from across the, Great. the screen. Uh, yeah. So, so I, w- I was curious, though. You grew up here in Denver. Um, you're a 303 native, it's 303 day, what a, co- what a happy coincidence that yeah. you're back here releasing your book. I don't normally
2: celebrate, I don't think I've ever celebrated that, but I, don't I don't guess toni- tonight's a good, good time to start. What
0: do you guys celebrate in New York City?
2: Uh, Everything? Uh, yeah, I guess, we don't, uh, yeah, I don't know, Puerto Rican day, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's ever seen that Seinfeld episode.
0: So uh, David, what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: I mean, I think when I first started getting into photography, I was, like, really into music, and that's kind of how it all started. Um, But then I quickly, not quickly, I mean, I did it for a few years, and I really realized that there's just no way that I could ever make money doing this. Um, So then I got really involved in in shooting portraits, and when I was in school here in, like, 2009 is when I started this silly project that I never thought I would ever put a book out. Uh, and here we are.
0: And we're here to celebrate that today, but I'm still fascinated with how this this kid taking sh- photos at punk rock shows ended up with a publishing deal out of New York.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, like, when we were talking about it the other day, it was kind of when I was looking back on it. I mean, my mom used to, like, drop me off on Colfax <laughs> to, like, shoot punk rock shows. At it. I was, like, 15 years old, and she, like, let me go on the Vans, Vans Warped Tour when I was, like, 16, and uh, I don't know, like, why she let me do that, but... <laughs> I'm glad that she did, because I think that just really started. Like I was just really passionate about it, and taking pictures really made me happy. Are you the youngest of the four brothers uh, or siblings? I have yeah, I have three sisters and one uh, brother. I'm my right, right in the middle. Yeah. So uh, did you not see that on the Wikipedia page that no one's I made missed for it. me yet?
0: I missed it. I missed it. I read it in the introduction of the book, but I, uh, I okay. forgot.
2: I'm, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So yeah, that I kind of started doing that, and then moved more towards portraits, and then finished school and moved to New York and have assisted some really great photographers and slowly started shooting other stuff, including this book. Nice.
0: And and so are there any like lessons you learned from working in the music scene that you still apply to your works these days?
2: I mean, I kind of always keep like a DIY ethic, more or less, and just the way that I think... The music community supports each other and that normally goes much further than being jealous of people for what they're doing and i've kind of always tried to keep that same mindset in terms of you know new york is a super competitive place and it's really you know a hard it's hard to to do anything there and it's really easy to get down on yourself because there's so many people around you doing great things but i think the more you support those people and reach out to those people then the you know, good things come your way. Hell yeah. yeah! And then this
0: this whole book, this whole project, you were telling me is just a yeah, so yeah.
2: So, so I think if we go to the next slide, yeah, let's go. Um, so these were kind of like when I it was never a project that I ever like spent a lot of time or. Or money. I mean, I never really spent any money on it, but uh, I, I mean, I was never getting paid for it, so I could never really focus a lot of time on it. So I only had like 16 of these portraits, and I, I met with a magazine that I shoot for in New York, and I'd always showed the work, and you know, I'd meet people, and uh, they'd tell me that their friend has a cat, and you should photograph them. So I'd always follow through, and it was just kind of fun personal project. Uh and I also really like cats, so it was like I would never start a I would never start a project on something that I wasn't like interested in because I've always used photography as like a way to go do things that I would never get to do uh and kind of use the excuse of, like oh, I'm a photographer, you should like let me come hang out with you for <laughs> like days at a time or um yeah. Do you remember the first cat you ever put Yeah. Off? Yeah, I do. He's probably here. I mean I think he said he's going to be late. <laughs> Classic. Typical. Uh but yeah uh, and then I actually ended up retaking his picture for the book because it was just so bad, <laughs> uh, Did you have a lot of cats growing up we yeah, we had like a family cat growing up, and then I don't know that cat like disappeared, and then uh Do that, and then we we yeah, we had other we have like two family cats that are still with my my mom now mm-hmm. um. But, yeah, so I had these, like, 16 or so portraits that I shot, and I showed them at this magazine, and they were really interested in it, and they were like, we should do, like, an online slideshow. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. And then kind of a month later, juxtaposed, wrote about it. Didn't even, like, email me. I was, like, at a hockey game. And I just started – I, like, looked at my Instagram. I was getting more, like, Instagram followers. And then, like, someone, a photographer that I actually worked for in New York, like, wrote me a message. was like, hey, dude, like, congrats. Uh You're on juxtapose. I was like, oh, that's wild. And then the next morning I woke up and I had like, you know, a dozen emails from, you know, HuffPost and a bunch of other, and then kind of when, when it all hits like Mashable and BuzzFeed, it just kind of explodes because I have like 7 million uh, Facebook uh, followers or whatever, Facebook friends.
0: After toiling away in relative obscurity, what was it like to suddenly be
2: internet famous? uh it's like terrifying i definitely because uh, it's, it's like if people are looking at your website i'm constantly like is my does my website like look good i haven't like really updated in a while i'd like just shot a different project that i was like waiting to put up and i remember like i was assisting and i was traveling a lot and i wasn't even i wasn't home the whole time that this was going on like i remember i was in like burlington vermont when i was all of it was happening i went back to new york for like a day and then i went down to florida and all of this was kind of happening. And the thing, the funny thing is, the, the thing that killed my like viral sensation was that uh, is the dress blue or gold or, oh, no. or whatever Jesus that one God. is. So I remember like l- I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, this is totally gonna kill my <laughs> my wave, and it did. Yeah. I'd like
0: to think that you stood out more in the zeitgeist than uh, yeah, that damn dress.
2: Yeah, I I'd hope so. So yeah. Um, so then, when when the project went viral, I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I kind of reached out to some people that might know what to do. I didn't want to do a calendar. I thought that seemed really cheesy. I wanted, you know, photo editors to see it to hire me to shoot things. Um, and I kind of called one of my like mentors that I that have had for a while, like a photographer that I work for when I first moved to New York, and uh, asked her. I was like, "What should I do?" And she's like, "You should email book publishers, and maybe someone want to do a book." So I like just kind of went to my bookshelf and my house and I was like maybe this publisher would do it and I kind of looked online and I emailed like three publishers and they were all really excited and one publisher wrote back and they're like we love the project we even talked about it but we've already hit our quota of cat books for the next two years <laughs> and that goes back to though to that punk rock diy thing you just got you
0: buckled down and did it yourself you yeah made I these just, things happen yeah I didn't other than the initial yeah shooting and all still
2: so, yeah, that happened. Cork uh, Books was really interested in the project, and I met with them, and then, yeah, they told me to go shoot 100 new portraits yeah. for the book. Yeah. So I think we can go to the next yeah, We should image. look at some of those portraits. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I talk about this image a lot because I feel like this is, like, the most important image in, in kind of, like, the whole yeah. series. Um, it's definitely yep. the, the image that people ask me about the most. This is probably my favorite of the images. Yeah. I don't know why. As just you're choking kinda,
0: your beard. <laughs> it just jumps out at me. It's a magical, majestic yeah. photo. Uh, I love I, it.
2: Brent's like a Colorado guy. I don't know if he's coming tonight, uh, but he's the nicest guy. We went and visited him the other day when I was here, and now he has like five cats. He had like two last time I saw him, and now he has five. Um, but he's just kind of this guy you wouldn't ever suspect to have cats and love love his cats and he even volunteers at a, a cat shelter and he like built catios for all the cats to hang out outside <laughs> it's pretty pretty cool how do you find a guy like brett uh my fiance's mom has a oh. great uh resource of motorcycle biker friends <laughs> uh so she kind she actually helped me out a lot because i was struggling with the fact that because this was part of the original kind of 16 photos um i was struggling with the fact that everyone was so young and i really wanted the like the project to be more diverse so I wanted to photograph kind of older people as well. I didn't want it to be like a hip guys with tattoos and glasses like myself. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> thanks. It, and so when when you're taking a photo like this what is the story you're trying to convey? Is there a story or is it just like hey this is a cool spot?
2: The story here is I uh, I showed up with with my fiance to photograph him and I'd never met this dude before I think I might have seen photos of him and um, I showed up and I remember getting out of the door and him coming down. He's like, hey man, it's great to meet you. Uh, you want a beer? I have a bush, 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 and I think I have some more bush. I was like, yeah, I'll have a bush. So we drank some bush and we we hung out. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of always search around people's house. This is like taking on his roof, actually. Um, yeah. Looks great. Thank you.
0: Let me see what else. Um, so... What is there a story with these photos you're trying to convey?
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's interesting because our, our culture kind of tries to genderize everything and like even from colors to toys to cars and even like pet ownership you know people always give you the stereotype of the crazy cat lady and I just kind of wanted to show that I mean I don't think anyone that owns pets is crazy no matter if you own one pet or eight pets or twenty pets um, I've definitely hung out with people that have twenty pets. Um, I, I had,
0: I'm um, exaggerating lower numbers. We had about 25 cats growing up. We were the weird cat people on on in Shreveport, Louisiana.
2: What happened to all those cats? Um,
0: my parents got divorced over those cats. Well, I think that helped with it. And then who knows? They're yeah. all feral wild cats. Yeah. Yeah. It's what hap- You start with one, then you get four, and then those create eighteen, twenty, thirty. Right. I think at one point we really did have about 35 cats. It's pretty scary. We were the scary cat people.
2: Um, Do you want to go to the next image? Yeah. Okay, so this is like another biker guy that I photographed and kind of went the whole, when the whole project went viral, uh, my email inbox just blew up with so many people uh, just telling me how much they liked the project. And even I would get emails from people that like there'd be no subject line and no uh, like text in the, in the email, it'd just be like a photo of their cat and I'm like, I don't know what you <laughs> want me to do with this. Uh, But this this gentleman, I remember getting his email and being like, this guy seems so interesting. And I learned that he lived, like, right outside of Philly, and my publisher is in Philly, so I ended up emailing him back. And um, he has, like, a cat rescue group, and... um, Yeah. So I went down there to meet him and he had like six cats and he's a big biker guy. Like everything in this guy's house was all Harley Davidson, like from bathroom towels to like floor mats to like every single coffee mug was all Harley Davidson. (laughs) Uh, and he also like, he goes and feeds feral cats, um, out by the airport. It's pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, it's a pretty great
0: motley crew of people you have in this book. Um, and again, you talked about how you found those people, but where do you fit in in this motley crew of people?
2: Um, I don't know. Like, uh. I'm kind of a younger, hip guy that lives in New York, so I guess maybe in that spectrum more. Which, I mean, there's definitely a lot of those people in the book, but I definitely tried to branch out as much as I could and, and photograph whoever.
0: Yeah, and, and what I like about guys like this is it really breaks the mold of what people think of a cat lover. Was there anybody in particular that really surprised you when you were like, holy, I never would have expected this out of a person?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's an image later in the, in the slideshow. Of, oh, we'll like, we'll a, come back to that. Okay, all right, yeah.
0: Well, you let me know. Okay. Um, Should we go to the next image? Yeah, let's go to the next one. We're just cranking through these.
2: Okay, so this this was actually another guy who emailed me, and he had a really unique story, which I guess ties into your question a bit. But he is like a NYPD lieutenant, and he emailed me, and he's like, "Hey, I really like your project. I'd love to to be part of the part of the project." And so uh, he told me that he lives in City Island in the Bronx, which is like a tiny little island in the Bronx. And he, um, uh, I went up there to photograph him, and he's kind of the same story as the the last slide uh, where he. Volunteers at a cat rescue and has five or six cats and uh, I was just really blown away by the people that like reached out to me that like the project was able to hit and it's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, as like a young punk rock
0: kid, I didn't necessarily get along with cops very well. Right, right. So. Uh, I'm
2: I'm more or less the same. But this guy's like a, he's such a fantastic dude and he's been written up yeah. in the news a bunch by like rescuing pets while he was on duty and he's a really yeah. awesome guy.
0: What, what was it like tearing down those walls and those stereotypes and really getting to the core of people and who they are?
2: I mean, I didn't really, I, I was on such like a tight deadline for everything. I don't think I ever realized kind of what was happening until after it all happened. And I would look at the images. I'm like, wow, there's like really some different people in this book. And I was really happy that I was able to find them, which I think the next image kind of ties into that as yeah. well. Let's move it ahead. Yeah, so this was, and there's another one after this. This was, I went down to Savannah, Georgia, and I kind of knew someone down there that I would met through the kind of photo world. And uh, he. I kind of wanted to find some older people at this point, so I told her that I wanted some older people, and she was able to find me this guy and then the next guy as well. Um uh, so yeah, this guy like lived, you know, there's like everyone from like super rich, like I photographed Patricia Arquette's like boyfriend in their giant mansion to like this guy who lives in a used car lot in Savannah, Georgia and found his cats inside of, of like a Chrysler Sebring, I think is what he says in the book. Um, so I think it was like really special to, to find so many different people from around the world.
0: Working primarily out of New York City, what's it like to go to a used car lot and take a photo of a gentleman and his
2: cat? I mean, I've, I've always been, like, I, I don't like to say that I'm, like, well-traveled because it sounds so snobby. Well, but You, I've, you like, did go to Antarctica, right? Yeah, I've, like, traveled a lot. So, I mean, no place is ever, like, too surprising. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of liked, I mean, it's, it's kind of like how I talk about, that I use photography to go do things I would never get to do. I would never get to like meet this guy if I wasn't a photographer. I don't think I could ever just like been walking in rural Georgia and be like, "Hey, this guy seems interesting. I want to go talk to him." People do do that, and they're pretty weird and annoying. If people do that with no purpose, <laughs> people that like talk too line in the talk too long in the grocery checkout line or <laughs> like that.
0: That's that's another reason my mother <laughs> left my father. No.
2: Um, so, what
0: was it like getting outside of your comfort zone and getting jumping into locales and places and people like this? Was it hard to shed that skin and get down and dirty with these people with the photos?
2: Uh, no, not at all. Like I feel like I click pretty well with with people. Um, I think it's really cool that people trust me to enter their homes without ever meeting me and let me come in and talk to them and like take their picture. I mean, a lot of people hate having their picture taken, but I mean, most of the people in this project were really really excited to have their their yeah. picture taken.
0: Uh, here's a metaphysical question for you. Do you feel like you found these people or maybe these people found you?
2: I think they definitely found me. Yeah. Like I would reach out on social media and I mean, I used my network and I mean, there's tons of friends and friends of friends and friends of friends of friends in the book. Um, but there's also not. Um, and like the people I talked about before and the that they would just randomly email me. No. I don't know if I'd ever just <laughs> randomly <laughs> email someone like that, but a lot of people did it.
0: Uh, one of the things in the book that we're not really talking about is they have the little,
2: uh, I don't know where it went,
0: little quotes from the people. How did you get these people to open up about their lives and their stories?
2: I think they were all extremely willing to open up about their cats because they all love their cats so much. Like, they just always wanted to talk about their cats. Um, so I just would email them questions, and some would get different questions based on the experience that I kind of had with them. Yeah. How did you
0: whittle that down to what became part of the book?
2: Uh I sat in a room for 8 hours in Philadelphia with my publisher and we read every single line that these guys wrote and kind of you know I'd be sitting there with my editor and she'd start laughing and I'm like oh well, like, what are you laughing at and then she'd say I was like that's that's what's going to go in the book that's perfect. Do so should we go to the next yeah, slide? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, so here I kind of talk about <clears throat> how I I never knew what any of the spaces were ever going to look like when I showed up because I was shooting so many. I never asked for people to send me photos of themselves or their cats or anything. Um, so at this point, I was in California, and I already shot a lot of pictures and a lot of pictures of guys just sitting on their couch with their cat, and I really wanted to find different, different scenarios. Um, so I remember showing up to this guy's house, and we're walking around. He's like, um, I have a Volkswagen... Um, van that I like drive and I was like that's where we're gonna shoot and people always ask like oh is that where he lives and I wish I could say that he does but he doesn't. How many photos
0: went into finding the finished product?
2: Uh, Like, How many
0: photos did you take of this gentleman?
2: Oh I mean I usually take like a hundred or so (laughs) frames yeah Yeah. thank thank god for digital (laughs) photographs. Because, I mean, photographing cats is, like, really hard. Like, everyone's tried to take an Instagram picture of their cat, and it's, like, not the easiest thing to do. And I wish that I could say, like, oh, I have this, like, special technique down, and I'm going to tell you the secrets to taking a picture of your cat. But there, there's no there's no secret. It's just kind of like having some patience, having a handful of treats. And I feel like all the owners know their cats better than I knew their cats. So um, I feel like we – I never left a shoot without – Without having a picture that I liked, and people would sometimes ask me because there's times when I would only get like two frames, and I'd shoot like lighting tests of the guy, and then I'd be like, "All right, bring the cat in," and we'd be like, "Where is where's the cat? I can't find the cat." <laughs> and uh, I remember there's like one time when I was in LA, and I showed up, and this guy had this like crazy backyard, and he's like, "Yeah, my cat's back there." And I was like, "Okay, um, like, well, can you get the cat?" And he's like, "I don't, I don't know uh, like, where the cat is." <laughs> And I'm like, all right, well, we'll hang out for a little bit, and like 45 minutes go by. And I was shooting like five of these a day, so I didn't have like, you know, all day to hang out there. So I'm like about to pack up my stuff and leave, and uh, he, he went outside, and then he comes running back in his says, I found the cat, I found the cat. And we shot like two frames, and then the cat ran back off.
0: <laughs> Is that photo in the book?
2: Uh, yeah, it's in the book. Hell it's yeah. not in the slideshow, oh, but yeah, it's in good. the book. We'll find it later. Yeah. Um, how, do you,
0: how do you make a photo of a guy and a cat Interesting.
2: Um, I don't know, like the way that I shoot everything is I like to shoot really wide, and I like people to see the environment, and I like people to be able to see everything, and even if their house is disgusting, I want people to see it, because that's what gives people their kind of character. Yeah.
0: How much, uh, having met all these people, how much of a cat is defined by its owner's um, character
2: themselves? Um, I mean quite a bit people people really like their cats like whether they're dudes or gals or I mean everyone loves their pet everyone's obsessed with their pet people have Instagram accounts just for their pets uh it's really it's really something that's crazy and I think people are are really drawn to the project because it does show like the human interest and I don't think I would ever start a project as much as I love cats it's just I'm just gonna go photograph cats like I love meeting kind of these people and having that opportunity to talk with people about their pets
0: and you have two cats at home, right yeah
2: we have two two cats
0: who's who's watching those cats now while you're here uh, out I don't know no we have an, <laughs> we have an
2: amazing pet sitter who who loves our cats and our cats love love her nice yeah,
0: um let's see what else do we got do oh we, we should go. watch we should go to this next slide. this next slide is probably
2: my favorite, other than the beardo hell yeah, look at that yeah. uh. So yeah, people people often ask like how I found subjects, and sometimes I was blown away by like I'd finish up a day and I'd be like, well that was like kind of a crazy day, and I met this guy and he lives in Oakland and he's an opera singer named Zoltan, and I was I was photographing uh, a guy kind of, I was photographing another guy in Oakland and then. That guy's wife was like, hey, my brother has cats. He lives 10 minutes away. Like, do you want to go meet him? And I didn't know what this guy looked like. I didn't know what his house looked like. She was like, he really likes gardening. And I was like, all right, that sounds interesting enough. So we'll drive over there. So we drove, drive over there and this guy's literally like walking around his garden with like a piece of like straw in his mouth. And he's like, yeah, I got cats. You want to take a picture of my cat? And I was like, yeah, is that yeah. cool with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then I photographed him and it was great. And I I really do like this picture. It's funny. Yeah.
0: You really ca- capture the essence of Zoltar, Zoltan, Zoltan. Zoltan. Ooh.
2: Yeah. How do
0: how do you uh, how do you capture the essence of somebody? Is it just something you're naturally gifted at, or is it that hundred photos?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely thankful that I can shoot a lot. Um, but at that point like I'm also not the kind of guy that's like, going to shoot a ton. Like you think 100 pictures is like a lot of pictures, but it really like isn't in today's world when you when photographers just have an un, unlimited roll of pictures that they can take. Like 100 pictures to me is totally normal. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. There's no no art secret that you learned in art school for yeah, taking the photos. The thousands of and thousands of dollars I <laughs> spent in art
2: school. And no, they didn't teach me. That. I think it's just like I, I talk about how just doing anything a lot, you feel more comfortable doing it, yeah. and you're better at doing it. Like I've only talked in front of people like two times, besides the time that I was a dog in a play. Um,
0: you're doing pretty good, I think.
2: Yeah, and so I think that the more you just do something, the easier it is to do it. And shooting 100 150 of these photos has really like helped me as yeah. a photographer photographer and help me like connect with people more hell yeah yeah and so
0: a number of the photos in this book were taken not only in New York around the world but a number of more done here in Denver
2: yeah I shot a lot here just because I knew that I had like a big network of people here and like the timeline that I had to shoot photos was so small like like 100 portraits in two months and so I knew that if I came here I could shoot shoot a lot here and Um, I knew that, I mean, it's like March and it's 70 degrees outside and I think I came out here in April and had like wonderful weather and anytime I ever had the opportunity to shoot someone outside with their cat, I always, I always did it. So I knew that if I came here, I could get mountains and also city life and kind of everything. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of those people. Yeah, here so in the audience, I think the so next probably the next slide. Yeah. So we're gonna bring up. Uh, do we have another mic or? Yeah,
0: yeah, we have it right behind us. Okay,
2: so we're gonna bring up um, Ben right now, and then we're gonna bring up one other guy, and we're gonna we're gonna grill them about being photographed with their cats. Here you
0: and go, Ben. Here you can have this one.
2: Sit down. Sit down.
0: Sit down. I like to stand.
2: Yeah uh so this is ben. Hey, ben and this is ben's cat mook. mook and mook is uh so is mook 19 now 19 now. My, yes. 19 so when i photographed mook uh mook was 18 and i think i wanted to talk to you because i think it's super interesting that you've had this cat for for so long um Since so, she was six months old yeah. right um so and didn't so explain to us how you how this cat came into your life
1: So I was living in Seattle at the time, with my girlfriend at the time. We're living in kind of suburban Seattle. She had some cats. I was not a big cat person at the time. Um, She would let her cats out, and they would go roam around. So we went out to dinner one day and said, let the cats out, let her cats out. And uh, so her two cats ran out. They went out to play came back from dinner, usually the routine is, I open up the door, say, kitties, come in, and her cats would just run in, and this cat, (laughs) that we'd never seen before, (laughs) ran in, (laughs) jumped up on the couch and said, my name is Mook, and I live here now. (laughs) And 19 years later, don't have that girlfriend anymore.
2: You got I'll the cat, hammered. though. That's what really matters. You got the cat. That's <laughs> right. the most important. But, uh, like, how did we meet? I'm trying to remember. Like, I put something on social media or we have mutual right. friends. so my friend
1: Amber, I don't know if Amber is here tonight, who's also a photographer, put out that you are looking for people with cats. Okay. Um, and I volunteer with Amber at Posco to do okay. Trap neuter, Return and things like that. And she said, you should be a part of this, so...
2: And to this, you, yeah, you're wearing a posca shirt. So you still do TNR. Do, do you want to educate people on TNR? Because I think it's super important and something that I didn't really know about until I kind of started doing more of this and meeting more people that were way more involved and loved cats way more than I ever did. Um, so I think you should tell them about TNR. So when
1: I moved into this place that you see, this was like probably a year into this place, in just north of City Park, there was all these feral cats around. And I said, I have to do something about all these feral cats. And all my neighbors were saying like, well, let's just not feed them, let's poison them, let's do whatever. And I said, well, no, let's trap them, neuter them, and then just return them. So I started doing this. And then uh, POSCO, a great organization, you should all volunteer with POSCO. Um, Nice plug. (laughs) They saw that I was posting on nextdoor.com that, to tell people, keep your, cat, your indoor cats in tonight because I'm trapping. So they said, well, we need to get involved with this guy. So I started getting involved with them on the TNR, which is trap near return. So you have feral cats in your neighborhood that people are feeding. You get the traps from POSCO. They provide them humane traps. You trap them, and then we get them all fixed, vaccinated, and then just return them to their environments.
2: Yeah, so it's basically like trying to eliminate you know, more, more feral cats. Exactly. Yeah, super cool stuff. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I think we're going to call up another gentleman. Uh, Dustin. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, thank you, Ben. Does Dust, is Dustin here? Can he come up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, go to the next slide. Yeah. Hi. Wait, hi, this is Dustin. Hi, hey, Dustin. And this is his cat, River, correct? Yeah. That's right. Uh, so I've known Dustin since, I don't know, how old was I? Probably like <laughs> eight or seven or something. Pretty young, for sure. Yeah, Dustin is one of my older brothers, like best friends. They went to high school together, uh, who's also like a creative in Denver and does really great film work. Uh, and he's actually like I mean we haven't really talked about it, but I've like always looked out like looked up to the stuff that you do so uh, it was really cool to be able to photograph him and I think I wanted to talk to you because he had a cat who unfortunately passed away but had like a great run in life and I photographed Dustin when I was still in school with that cat who what's what was the cat's name sorry Spunky Spunky yeah. so I think you should I would show the picture that I took of you and Spunky but it is so bad like it never even made it into the and it, w- it had nothing to do with him. It was just I. I was like in a weird lighting phase where I was like doing cross lighting, and it just looked so bad. So it never made it into the into the project. So I'm glad that I was able to. He got another cat that I was able to photograph for the book. But talk about talk about Spunky and the run that the run that Spunky had.
3: <laughs> uh, Spunky, it's it's a he was a great cat. So we uh, my mom got Spunky when I was 11 years old, and. Uh, like Dave said, he passed away a couple years ago. He was 20 years old, which is pretty impressive. So I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a really cool cat. He's a Scottish Fold, uh, another black and white cat. If you guys aren't a black and white cats, they're super, super nice cats. Uh, just super friendly, photogenic apparently. Yeah. Um, we have one.
2: We have a we have a tuxedo. Yeah, cat totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: they're super friendly. Yeah. Um, I mean I've had I had Spunky longer than I've known you and yeah. uh Dave's older brother who that's how we know each other. Yeah. Um but yeah, the Dave came over he, he reached out to me when he was you were still in school I think at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, hey, "I want to take a picture of you and your cat." And I'm like, <laughs> "Right on." sweet. like I don't that's a first, but uh let's do it and uh you know he said that he he just kind of had this idea of like he just wanted to start he just wanted to start collecting these uh photo like photographs of men and their cats and I was like cool whatever like (laughs) good job you know and then like four five years later I don't know he called me again and was like dude I'm putting together a book I want to take another picture of your cat and I was like and,
2: and I think that at that time you're like I don't know. He's like we're fostering cats right now. And he's like I don't know if I'm gonna have a cat. And then I think by the time I got out here, you're like yeah, we like adopted this cat. We were fostering, yeah. fostering him, and we like fell in love with him. And that's the cat in the in the photo now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's I think it's cool that you had this cat for so long, and I I took this picture of you so long ago, and then I was able to kind of. Uh, redeem myself and make a better picture that was worthy <laughs> enough to put in the book.
3: I didn't think I was going to make the the book. I was really stoked when you emailed me and said, "Hey, you, you made the book," and I was like, I was just really excited about that because uh, when he came over, like he said, cats are really hard to shoot. Uh, River wasn't being very cooperative, and I don't. You may have experienced this. I don't know, but cats are very difficult to to photograph. I was like, oh, whatever. That's Sorry for wasting your time, Dave. <laughs> I,
2: li- I like to leave all the subjects I photograph with that, like, oh, I'm probably not going to be in the book. But deep down, I'm like, that picture's definitely going to be in the book. It's great. <laughs> but I like, to g- I like to make them think, like, oh, I'm not going to be in the book.
3: Yeah. that was. Uh, it was a good experience. It was a super relaxed, fun photo shoot.
2: Cool. And yeah. River's still kicking it. And
3: River's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing great. She's four years old now. Dana tried My fiance likes to say that she's three because she doesn't like her seeing age, but... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever spunky yeah. lived to be twenty, so river's going to be thirty one day, cool, yeah,
2: all right, so. um, should we continue? yeah should we do do you have questions or should we do a q and a you know,
0: I think I think you covered that, I guess we can get ready for the q and a, yeah, any of you guys yeah, in the, the audience we have, some have some questions? Yeah. Do you, you guys curious yeah,
3: sorry wait i I have one oh, oh. question real oh, quick, yeah. yeah to start well, off let's the start Q&A. off the q and a so <laughs> growing up uh Dave's family was very into pugs yeah <laughs> and I think that's something you everyone should know uh, and so my question to you is how did you get into cats and what's your attraction to cats
5: being, I don't know. being a pug
2: it's interesting because every single person in my family has a dog all my siblings have dogs I'm the only one with a cat but uh, I think it just kind of like works for my personality like I don't I mean, I love dogs. Everyone that knows me like knows I love all animals, but I think the cats just work for my personality. They're like really relaxed. and I think if people know me, I'm like not very relaxed. I'm like pretty anxious and stressed <laughs> out a lot of the time, like constantly thinking about stuff. and I think like going home to a cat like, is just super relaxing. and I, I, I like that so much more than like you get home and a dog wants to go outside. and some people really like that and I'm, I'm like not that kind of person. Um, so I think that's why I'm more more attracted to, to owning cats. Fair enough. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Dustin.
0: Yeah. All right, everybody. So um, anybody have any questions if you would like to come up and take the microphone over here? Um, anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller?
2: What, would someone want to ask a question if they don't have to go speak on the mic? Because I'm kind of that person. Like, I kind of want to ask a question but I don't want to talk into the mic. What you got, Beth? She's going to speak on the mic, too. I don't have to.
4: I can't help it. I love the mic. I do this too often. Okay. <laughs> So I'm curious, with all the people who were sending you pictures of their cats, and did you have to turn a lot of people down, and did they get upset about that? Because people are very attached to their animals, and so I'm kind of curious about how that worked out.
2: Um, Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, I shot more than what I needed for the book, Um, and there's definitely ones that didn't make it in, and. Uh, and it really sucked to have to email them and tell them that they weren't going to make it. And, I mean, people would email me, and, I mean, it's, it's hard because you want to respond to everyone, and I really do try my best to respond to people. And, um, like, I I think I did a really good job at actually shooting, like, people that I could. Like, in New York, when people would email me, and then I kinda <clears throat> after the book came out, I was able to shoot a bunch of other photos that we used for, like, marketing and for a blog that we started. So I was able to kind of... Go. I, I ended up going back because I had to shoot more. Going back to those emails, I was like, Oh, I, I remember I had like five people that emailed me in New York, and I couldn't make it to photograph them. So I'd go back and photograph them, and they were all very gracious that they were even just part of part of the project. Um, but yeah, people definitely. Like, there was a handful of people that didn't make it. I blame it all on my publisher. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, they 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 cut it. I I really like your picture, but they just they didn't like it. Yeah. I'll just repeat it. Or I'll repeat it. We want people to be very comfortable in asking questions, so please. Anybody?
0: Yeah, there we go. Dave, if you were a cat, who from the Blackhawks would you want to be your owner? (laughs) (laughs) Now, David, if you were a cat, who in the Blackhawks would you want to be your owner?
2: So now she's tapping into my other love, uh, which is hockey, and uh, I think, I don't know, that's a really tough question. (laughs) Uh, I think I would say Andrew Shaw uh, because he's like really, he's like a tough dude, but I think deep down he really cares about like everything, uh, and he might not always show that all the time on the outside because he's kind of like a, a pest on, on the ice, but I, I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but but uh, I, he, he comes across as someone who I think is, is a very genuine person.
0: Do you get into any sports photography
2: at all? No, I would love I would love to shoot some sports stuff, but I think it's it's hard because I, I haven't shot a lot of sports stuff, so no one's gonna hire me to shoot sports stuff because no one trusts me to shoot sports stuff, which is probably a good thing because I don't know how to shoot like sports at all.
0: And you gotta you gotta start hitting those little league fields. Or I think whatever.
2: so. Yeah, some kind of obscure obscure project about sports. Yeah, kids of yeah. little league. Yeah. Oh, wait,
0: that I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think that would fly. Yeah, it might not fly. <laughs> cat well, cat guy turn little league photographer. <laughs> Who is this guy?
0: We got another question over there. Do you have any projects that didn't make it to books that you're still like holding on to? Do you have any projects that have not that you will Do you have any projects that have not made it into book form yet?
2: You know that scene in Wayne's World when he shows all of the name tags and hairnets that he's had from all of the jobs that just sit there? That's like how I am with photo projects. I have so many projects that I've either started and didn't complete or I'm still working on or that uh, that are like up here in my mind and I know one day I'll, I'll go start them. Um, if you want to like talk to me later on, I can really get into some of the, like, not weird things that go on in my mind, but just like things that come up and I'm like, that'd make a really good project. Like I should email some people and see if anyone's interested in doing that, which is part of my like anxiousness and just my brain always cranking and coming up with, with stuff.
0: How many hundreds of projects do you have in the works right now? Uh,
2: not hundreds, but I definitely have like a, like half a dozen which is like a lot if you think about it like on top of just trying to get hired to shoot other things it's 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 a lot to to do uh and it also costs a lot of money <laughs> There you go. Did yeah. you get much input on like how the book looked when it came out
0: like the cover and the type and Yeah, how much input did you have into the uh production um, of the book?
2: Yeah, I had I had a lot of a lot of input. Uh I think right off the bat me and my publisher just clicked and I remember them sending me like the first draft of the cover, which wasn't, which wasn't this photo. Um, but I remember looking at the, the like text and, and layout and, and being like, um, uh, this, this is like exactly what I'm thinking even in terms of like color. And if you like look through little details in the book, I'm like this, I don't think I ever sent them an email being like, I don't like this. There's definitely like some back and forth with the cover and what we wanted with that. Um, and even, I'm looking at this image right now, and it's it doesn't look like this on the cover. On the r- On the right-hand side, he's got all this junk. We, like, Photoshop that out. I don't know where that picture came from. That was, like, one of the drafts, I guess. I just noticed that.
0: And it's important to note that that's not actually you. Oh, yeah, that's not me.
2: People ask me that all the time. It's, uh, I don't know, people need to look closer or something. I don't know.
0: With as many photos as you've taken, why is the book only this thick?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think that's that comes from just me still learning about publishing. Like a year ago, I had no idea how like the publishing world worked. Um, and if you if you look at books like this, like gift books, they're all around like 138 to 148 pages, and it was determined like before I even before I even started shooting that there'd be 144 pages in the book and that we did the math. Someone else did the math. I can't do math. And that, they told me how many, how many pictures that were going to make it into the book. So, yeah, I didn't really have... I mean, a lot of it comes, I guess, from like printing costs and like printing books is super expensive. And as much as I wish that I could be like, oh, yeah, the book is printed in America, like no books are printed in America. But I don't know if I'm going to be in trouble for saying that. <laughs>
0: Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay. Cool. Sure. Bring it on up.
5: I want to come up and embarrass my husband because he's in the book. And first I'll say he loves cats. He loves his cats, and we call him a cat whisperer, and he takes care of ferals at his shop. But um, the day that David was coming over, I was um, trying to get him up. He didn't want to, they were coming over in the morning. He didn't want to get up. I was trying to get him up and, you know, please put on something nice, and, and he said, oh no, I'm supposed, they just said, you know, be yourself and just don't, you know, do anything special and just be casual and act normal, and I was like, you know, no, I don't care about that, put something nice on it, comb your hair and, you know, put some product in your hair, and he just absolutely refused, and he said, just leave me alone, no one's ever going to see this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> But it is, that is interesting because I, I don't think I've ever told anyone like what they should wear or how they should look or how they should present themselves. Like, that's kind of how I've approached all my jobs. Um, and I'm lucky that I don't work in fashion because I don't have to tell people how to look. and I like people to look how they want to look.
0: Any other questions or anecdotes? Here we are, this young lady back here. Are you going to do a sequel, different subject matter, Men with Rats?
2: I, like uh, I don't have anything in the works for Men with Rats yet. Uh, but yeah, I am. I started shooting another project that's another pet-related thing. I've always kind of believed that that people should use their resources, um, and I think that now that I've done this, I have a really great community of people that trust me in the pet world, and I think hopefully that will help me with my next project. Um, so yeah, I do, I do have another like pet-related project, and maybe a few other ones, like how I mentioned before, how I just have things cranking in my brain all the time. Um, but it's like, it, it takes a long time, like, even from starting the project in like 2009 and not wanting to do anything, it's not like the book took six years to, to get done, um, but it took five years for anyone to care about it, and I think it's also like a little bit of luck, but it was also like, I just kept my head down, and I just kept shooting photos, and I wanted things to look the way I wanted them to look and I hope that one day people would would care and eventually I guess it, it happened. But I mean, yeah, books take a really long time. I'm not a very patient person whatsoever and I mean, if you talk to my fiance, I was just like, when's this book gonna come out? I was like, I gotta wait like six months for this thing to come out? Uh, and apparently my book was like a really quick quick turnaround.
0: We have another question back here in the back. It's just gonna come up.
2: Yeah, I was
4: really I thought I would do that myself. So I thought it was interesting that you talked about how um, you had to take 100 photos or or plus to find the perfect one. Um, And in all your photos, the men and the cats, they all look super comfortable. But what about the photos where, you know, like somebody's getting sprayed with a spray bottle or like, (laughs) you know, you're just like, I told you not to scratch the couch in front of company. (laughs) Like, why did you choose to choose the photos that you did instead of like the those ones were, you know,
2: sometimes? Um, I don't know. I think that goes to just I wanted the pictures to look a certain way. Like, I wanted it to look like... Because, yeah, I mean, you go to someone's house and their cats are, like, acting terrible. They're scratching. And I wanted it to be like I wasn't there. Like, this person just happened to be kind of hanging out with their cat. But, I mean, I understand that they are, like, posed pictures because that's how I want them to look. But people even told me, like, throughout the time I was shooting it, like, why don't you just set up on a tripod like shoot the picture of the guy and then like shoot a bunch of different frames and you'll get the cat exactly where you want it to be and I didn't want to do it that way I wanted it to look as natural as it possibly could like like this moment it happen because it did actually happen yeah cool cool thank you <laughs>
0: Are there any blooper reels out there that you want to share? There's with so the many group? blooper
2: reels. There's actually a blooper reel. I think the funniest blooper reel is like the portrait that I took of myself with my cat because, I don't know, there's probably a few people here that have met one of my cats, but she's just extremely timid and is terrified of my camera gear. And uh, it was a challenge to, to, I think I set up lights and I just set my camera up and lights up for like two days and I would just keep trying, keep trying, and there's so many funny outtakes. Um but, yeah, this one guy posted a picture on, or a, a, a video on YouTube, like a guy photographed in L.A. And so I photographed him, and I wrote him. I was like, hey, thanks a lot. And then um, he's like, yeah, here's a video I took of, of you, and it's like the most embarrassing thing ever. Like seeing yourself on, like, your knees, like with a squeaky toy in your hand, trying to get a cat to look at you is, like, really embarrassing. I will never, like, share that link. It has two, it has two YouTube views, and I think they're both from me. <laughs> What other questions do we have? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Mexico? Oh yeah. Mexico. That's that's good. Yeah, I, I didn't did I talk about that the last one? Yeah. So it's been really cool to use this to meet people that I would never get to meet like I've brought up before. But yeah, we went to Mexico City and I met some really fantastic people that own a cat rescue group out there and like a vegan store, not vegan for cat, but vegan for humans, but they also have a ton of cat stuff there. And I just emailed them out of the blue. I said, I really like what you're doing. I'd really love to shoot some portraits in Mexico City to kind of take this project internationally. And they were totally into it. And <clears throat> we showed up at their at their shop and then I was like, all right, well, tomorrow... They're kind of showing me like phone numbers on their phone. We're in a different country. I'm like, how am I going to get a hold of these people? And then they're like, you know what? We're just going to go pick you up at your hotel and we'll just drive you around to all of our friends who are guys who have cats and you can photograph them. And I was like, great. So they showed up at our hotel and they showed up with a kitten that like needed some medical attention. So they're like, we have to make like a pit stop at the vet and drop this cat off. And I was like, okay, this is like a Mexico City like adventure with cats. And uh, it was cool to just meet. People in a country where they have like a pretty big problem with feral animals, um, so it was really cool to meet them and kind of hear what they're doing because they have it much harder than we have it here in terms of like animal rescue. We get a lot of support, I think, and they don't get any support. It's like them versus everyone, and people don't care as much.
0: And how do you get out there and tell that story beyond just right now?
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh I mean th- I mean still through like people ask me like oh, are you going to continue shooting this and I definitely kind of want to take a break for a little while uh but I I do want to keep shooting these portraits and shooting other animal related projects because it's something that I'm passionate about and I care about.
0: Any other questions? Who else? Who else? Come on. All right guys, I guess it's about time to get started with the signing. Um, after the signing, we're going to be convening a, like right across the way at the SIE Film Center. They have a really nice, spacious lounge. We'll be throwing an after party to where, if you didn't get to ask a question to David because you were afraid of me in the microphone, please, please, uh, chat his ear off over there. Uh, David, congratulations on everything. Uh, you're- Thank
2: you. Thank you for being a part of Thank it. You.
0: Um, Do you have any recommendations on where people should find their cats or how to find their cats?
2: Uh, Yeah, like reach out to your local uh, animal rescue. Uh, There's a ton of great ones out there, and just do your research. All right, hell yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.
4: Okay, folks, Um, so David is here to sign his book. If you could give us just a few minutes to remove the chairs and microphones and pull out the table, I'll... um get
0: us started. Thank you. All right, buddies. David, thank you so much for uh, you know helping make this happen. Like This was such a fun event. Had such a good time. I can't believe I got to host a thing at the Tattered Cover. You know how many of my heroes I've seen at the Tattered Cover? Clive Barker um uh, chuck palanick uh neil gaiman i'm just flabbergasted that i got to uh host an event there and thank you my friend for uh believing in me and letting me do this um special thanks again to the Tattercover for letting this happen um and special thanks to the audience um i had my uh, good buddy andy thomas later tell me he was like man that was a tough crowd and you and david had really good chemistry you guys really killed it and you guys really entertained uh entertain the room and made it happen uh thanks to the SIE film center or is it Sci film center i'm not sure they hosted our after party they allowed me to set that up there and that was a really good fun time uh hanging out drinking beers and talking to people after hours and uh buddies i don't really know what else to uh ramble on about pick up men with cats right now quirkbooks.com uh check out the publisher there men with cats it's on the new york times bestseller list let's help get it up even higher uh, thanks again to Ratio Beerworks. Visit them at ratiobeerworks.com tattercover.com, quirkbooks.com, mostly harmless uh, blah blah blah.com Buddies, uh, let's let's go ahead and end this episode with another song. Uh, now David directed a video for this band. One of my favorite videos, one of my favorite songs, some of my favorite local dudes in the world. They've also been guests on the uh on the uh, mostly harmless live talk show three ring circus events. Uh, This is a song from the band Sleeping Weather. The song is I'll Find a Way. Good luck getting it out of your head. Now that I've just said the words, it is stuck in my head, and God, I'm going to be singing it for the rest of the week. All right, buddies. David, thank you again. Sleeping Weather, Casket, Tattered Cover. Thanks to everybody. Uh, We'll see you in the funny pages. You Take care now.